Chicago radio legend Steve Dahl deserves some blame for the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The podcast that often sounds like Yoko Ono warbling. The only time he was wrong was the time he thought he made a mistake. It's Medicare expert Doug Jones. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. This is the podcast for you if you're crossing into Medicare, which most of us will at one point or another, and the alternative is too horrible to contemplate. So I'm not even going to mention the fact that uh, not making it to Medicare means your life will be uh, abbreviated, and we don't want to think about that. So let's consider the fact that all of us will eventually cross over that line from Obamacare into Medicare. And what I do, uh, this is Doug Jones, in case you didn't know, what I do is I help people do that in such a way that it's both cost effective and it provides excellent, excellent coverage in case the need to pay huge medical bills should ever befall you. And what we do is uh, by virtue of the book that I wrote, uh, Medicare for the Lazy Man, the 2022 version is out right now, and it is spectacular in explaining the complexities of Medicare in a fairly short and uh, interesting, I'm told, read. So that's the one you should get, and you should go to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and search Medicare for the Lazy Man. <clears throat> Look for the 2022 version. You can get it in hardcover. You can get it in paperback. You can get it in Kindle ebook version, and you can get it in audio. If you'd rather have somebody read it to you, that's the thing to do. Get it in audible books. <clears throat> so anyway, we're here to help people feel good about that transition from Medicare to no, from uh, Obamacare to Medicare. And uh, I'm so excited because Randy Carson, my partner in crime, is uh, brought up a couple of subjects in our last episode that he intends to continue. It might be the first time we've ever remembered to continue a subject from one episode to another. So hello, Randy. Thanks for uh, improving our podcast episode quality. Well, I've, I've actually started taking notes now. So, <laughs> where, where was that idea two and a half years ago when we started? What did we? Couldn't we find a pencil or? <laughs> so you know, just so the audience knows the inside joke, Doug and I have been doing this for two and a half, maybe a little bit more now, two and a half years, and we're up to like episode four million and twelve. I, I think I'm mean, three sixty nine. I don't know what it is. Three so, three seventy something. I think three three seventy. So anyway, we've been at this a while. So if you really want to have a good, you know, sense of history, go listen to some of our early stuff, and then listen to the stuff we do now. I think it's it's entirely uh, at some level a different complexion, but I, I think we've improved. Well, we were so much younger then. Our, well, we, are, voices, we were, yeah. Our we voices were. hadn't. Uh, we hadn't gone through puberty and. Yeah, I, they used to crack. Mine used to crack a lot. Sure, I don't know what absolutely. the deal was. But anyway, what Doug is referring to is we talked a bit about kilts. <laughs> and you're going, which sounds well, odd. 
<laughs> why would we be talking about kilts on a Medicare show? Well, let me tell you why. We have a number of different people related to the show that are Scottish, number one. And then a couple of weeks ago, I was at a trade show and there's a there's a gentleman in one of our groups that we are part of that uh, wears a kilt often. I, I think he actually does it you know, 24 seven, but, and I think it's, he obviously likes them and he's uh, got a reason for it, but he also, I think does it for a branding purpose, you know, cause everybody goes, Oh, it's the kilt guy. They can't remember his name always, but they know it's the kilt guy. So anyway, we talked a lot about the kilt, you know, and how to wear it, you know, how long it should be. How to determine how long it should be. That was uh, the determine. point of our last one. Yep. Yep. And then obviously you might re you might repeat that rule of thumb. Oh yeah. Well, for those of you who are just, you know, fixing to go out and buy a kilt today, (laughs) the way you tell whether it's too long, too short, or just right is you put it on and you kneel on the floor and the kilt needs to just barely touch the floor. That's, that's how you gauge it. And that's uh, so ultimately they all have to be tailored at some level because you certainly don't want to go out looking like you got a mini kilt on. <laughs> no, not at all. Not, Nor do you want to go out looking man. like you got a, like a maxi kilt. You don't want to do that either. <laughs> so, so anyway, we were talking about kilts and how to wear them. And, uh, you know, the big question is, you know, well, what goes under a kilt? And so, you know, the big, que- the, the big answer is, and this is true, nothing. Nothing goes under a kilt. That's just the way it is. So anyway, the next question I was going to talk about when we when we ended our last podcast is I have spent a, a good amount of time in Scotland and I have some friends in Scotland. And I so this is really, you know, information from the source. There is a uh, a certain way to wear a kilt and there's a certain way to what you wear with your kilt. OK, um, back in the day, every properly dressed Scotsman with a kilt had to have three weapons on him okay mm-hmm. and they are they are at different levels of his dress you know so you know the the most obvious one would be his sword on the side that would be weapon number 1 and then inside of his coat probably inside his waistband would be another dagger that would be level number 2 and the other one that most people don't realize is there is a tiny little dagger called a skein do. And a skein do is a little tiny dagger that is placed inside their sock. And so, and the, the history behind the skein do is that is typically something that a Scotsman's father either makes for him by hand with a bone handle and so forth and so on, or it is a knife that has been passed down through the male line of his family. But anyway, the bottom line is uh, if you're getting down, these, the skiing do is really something special, something meaningful to a Scotsman. And uh, bottom line is if you're getting down to that level, you're getting down to the brass tacks. And a lot of, a lot of them, won't, they'll tell you it's there, but they won't let you hold it, won't let you touch it, nothing. Okay. That sounds uh, interesting, but it gave me a, a thought, and I'm wondering if you can help me with this thought. You're Irish. And you have steeped yourself in Irish history and and traditions, but we've been discussing kilts, which are always thought of as being Scottish. Was there kilt wearing in Ireland back in the olden days? Yes, there was. 
certainly not as, you know, upfront and well-known as it was for Scotsman. But, and the reason I know Scottish history too, is that even though I have uh, most of my, my ancestry.com sort of relatives came through uh, Ireland to get to uh, America, right. Uh, our, our real family home, so to speak, was Scotland. And uh, so I know a bit about Scots and I've, showed, I've spent a, a good bit of time in Scotland. But yes, there was Irish kilts and just like there was Scottish kilts and they were all designed in terms of what clan you were part of, sure. in terms of what the, what the colors were, what sure, the patterns the plaid, were. The plaid yeah. told uh, the tale of your ancestry, I guess, and your clan. Yep. yep. And then th- there's another piece of clothing that kind of does that too in Ireland is there's uh you've probably heard of irish aaron 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 islands the sweaters the uh, you know the wool sweaters nope that's okay. a new one on me well there's a, a series of ireland uh islands around ireland called the aaron aaron islands and each of those islands is off the coast of ireland a, a good bit of space i don't know maybe i don't know 10 miles 15 miles but they were inhabited for many many years and they're they're so almost their sole way of making a living was fishing. And uh, obviously in the middle of the Irish sea, which can be a pretty rough space, they lost a lot of men out fishing and they would, the women would make sweaters, knit them wool sweaters uh, with certain patterns. And this is absolutely true. So when they lost a, lost a family member, lost a man out fishing, Oftentimes they wouldn't find him until the next year when he floated up. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep, yep. And the way they knew who he was was by his sweater. That's very interesting. That's so there really you go. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. That's that's the history. I've been to all the Aran Isles, and uh, it's it's uh, just the most beautiful set of country you've ever seen. Scotland is very very much different, but it's still beautiful. And obviously, you got to when you're in Scotland, you got to go to Loch Ness. Of course, of course, and say hello to Nessie. Nessie, yeah, Nessie lives there. I've seen her. Okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna bet <laughs> against you on that one, but I color me skeptical. So there you go. That's my story of kilts and everything Scottish. And yes, I do love haggis. That's well, that's the that's the end of my story for Scotland. Here, here's the good news for you. You when you and I go out for haggis, you can have mine. You'll, I can have all the haggis that was on your plate. <laughs> you can have every bit of haggis that we run across. <laughs> well, that's pretty exciting. I do love uh, talking history and traditions and so forth. And and uh, though they cut pretty close to my own history, except for the fact that for much of uh, the history, the, the known and recorded history of these areas of the world we're talking about, my ancestors and Randy's ancestors were uh, uh, deadly enemies. And so, frankly, I'm glad that he and I are able to get along so well together because our ancestors would not have done so well. Uh, we would was, we would have been shooting gang signs at each other. <laughs> absolutely. And, and throwing shade and whatever else. Yeah, they do exactly. Nowadays. Exactly. Mm. So. I picked the wrong time to take a swill of Coca-Cola. So I've been 
trying to neaten up my desk. I did. Randy asked me what I did over the weekend. I drew a blank. I, I couldn't remember that we even had a weekend. Uh, and then I, I told him one of my activities. But in between sessions of uh, studying on this course I'm taking, I thought, you know, I got a lot of stuff here that I could be uh, getting rid of. I have piles of paper. And so I kind of made phone calls, made notes, sent emails, and got rid of a lot of the stuff I had laying around. And so I was inspired to neaten up my file of podcast content suggestions. And I ran across several from the, e the mailbag. The uh, address that we use for people that want to write us is dbj at mlmmailbag.com. And what I've been doing is throwing, I used to try to keep everything in a neat file folder. And lately I've been just throwing it all on top of a pile of uh, other content for the podcast. And so I thought today, let me get the, at least the top few items of mailbag correspondence and I can deal with that. So I have a, um, a very rewarding message uh, that uh, the subject of our a couple of episodes ago, uh, we had an episode called, can it really be this easy? And that was inspired by a gentleman in Texas who wrote me and said, here's what I understand about Medicare. I need Medicare Part A. I need Medicare Part B. I need a Medicare supplement. I don't need a Medicare Advantage plan. And eventually I'm going to need a Medicare uh, prescription drug plan. Is that it? Can it really be this easy? And I wrote back to him and I said, yes, it is. And based on the information I have about you, here's what it's going to cost for these items. And, and uh, if you'd like me to, I'll be your agent. And so he basically hired me to be his agent. And uh, it was a short but sweet uh, uh, connection because I was able to get him lined up for Medicare in a relatively short period of time. And now he's done. He's rarely ever going to have to think about Medicare ever again if he doesn't want to. And so he wrote me back. Oh, I, he didn't really say much. And I didn't know if he was just not a warm, fuzzy guy or not. But then when we uh, did our podcast episode entitled, Can It Really Be This Easy?, which he inspired, uh, he sent me a really nice note. He said, hi, Doug. I love the podcast today. Best one yet. I didn't even know he was a listener. He said, I feel very fortunate that our paths crossed in my quest to get signed up with Medicare. You present the best two choices for Medicare in logical and easily understandable way. In my research, you were the only one that does justice, providing all the details for the high deductible plan G. I feel certain that without your help, I would have never fully understood the advantage of choosing high deductible plan G. I'm truly grateful for all your help. And I'm, uh, of course, suitably, uh, suitably um, chastened, not chastened, that implies that I did something wrong. I was uh, very pleased to read this note from him. I'm glad that he appreciated my efforts. It was my pleasure being his uh, agent. But uh, I had to be kind of a smart guy. I said, uh, well, thank you for the kind words. I guess you recognized yourself in the podcast, despite my clever attempts to disguise your identity. Then I went on to say uh, my, my true feelings about this, gentlemen. Your clear understanding of the situation and the consequences of your various options is highly inspirational. I'm proud to have you as my client. Be sure to let me know if I can ever be of assistance in the future. 
And the reason I said that was because he had a very clear understanding after having read my book, I guess, maybe even listened to the podcast, he um, was able to quickly grasp that uh, here's the correct course of action for him and anything else was liable to, uh, to risk disappointment down the road. So I'm always, I feel gratified when somebody catches on that quickly. And I've got another item here from another Texan, one of our favorite correspondents. This is from Steve. And Steve said in this particular piece of correspondence, he said, hi, do you ever speak in, say, a senior center? The reason I ask is I went to a senior center to hear about this Oak Street medical practice as it turned uh, as it turned out, the presentation for this was at the end and was very brief. Before that, I had to sit through a Medicare Advantage presentation, and this guy was slick. Someone uninformed wouldn't have a chance. And I think the implication there is that we have informed him. Randy's going, yeah, yeah, come on. What have we been telling you? Uh, but the implication is that if he hadn't been listening to our podcasts, that he might have been uninformed and uh, defenseless against the slick shysters that were presenting the Medicare Advantage plans. His last sentence is, I don't guess it would be worth your while to come here to give a presentation to a handful of people. Do you do this in the two places you live during the year? And so I, I had to think about this for a while. I, let's see, I think I probably sat around for a few days wondering what the best way to answer this question was. And I finally said, um, hello, Steve. I said, I have never been asked to do that, but I would be happy to if asked. Now, since I don't have any uh, regular uh, experience, I can't say that my presentation would be very polished at all. And then I said, would you estimate that the audience you were part of was all or mostly already on Medicare? If so, the Medicare Advantage slicksters have a big advantage. If people in the audience are inspired and want to change to this guy's Medicare Advantage plan, all they have to do is wait until the right time of the year, and they're allowed to make the change with no questions asked. Let's suppose that my presentation inspired many in the audience to want to switch from their current Medicare Advantage plans to a Medicare supplement. The likelihood is <clears throat> that it would be a difficult process with a lot of the, uh, the uh, people declined by the insurance companies and disappointed at the failure to accomplish their goal. I wouldn't want to be the one to deliver a ration of disappointment to my audience. Now, let's assume that I could address an audience of people who were approaching their time for Medicare enrollment. Well, as it turns out, that is what I'm trying to accomplish by writing the book. Uh, so rather than traveling around the country addressing small audiences, I rely on the book to perform that function on my behalf. The book, of course, is Medicare for the Lazy Man. The current edition is 2022. To go on with my letter to Steve, my goal is to put that book in more hands so that those who are willing to read it will have a clear understanding of what I would advise them if I were speaking to them in person. Last October 4th, I had a free day on Amazon for Kindle eBooks. They only cost about $3.80 normally, so a free day doesn't really save anybody a ton of money. So success comes down to promotion. On that day, 
Somebody promoted my book in a very meaningful way because people downloaded 2,400 issues of my book on that one day. I would really like to figure out what kind of promotion caused that and how I could make it happen again in the future. That would be an ideal way to tap into my target market, more ideal than uh, traveling around to senior centers. So then uh, Steve said, this brings up a question that came from the last podcast I listened to. I attended this event at the senior center. Uh, this is the same event, but he's written about it on another day. And uh, I hadn't uh, yet read his first letter, I guess. He said, I, uh, was, I attended this event at the senior center to learn about the Oak Street Medical Clinic, which was how it was advertised. I stated that when I got there, uh, I stated that when I got there, as it turned out, most of the presentation was a guy talking about Medicare Advantage. I got the impression that he represented more than one company. I told him before the meeting that I had Medicare and that I consulted with a Medicare expert, meaning me, and that I had high deductible plan G. According to you and Randy, he was supposed to make sure that I wanted to hear about this and fill out a form for me. He did no such thing. Now the audience, there were about 20 people there. I would say three or four, including myself, had Medicare of some, some type. One woman said that her husband was covered for dental and he, let's see, they put that benefit in, in the middle of a year. He made a comment that he would speak with her and try to help her. Oh, they pulled it. I guess they pulled off that dental benefit in the middle of the year. He mentioned regular Medicare saying, this is the one you have to pay for, implying that he could get you Medicare Advantage for free. I had no idea how slick these guys were. They did serve some subways for lunch, which was nice. So it's not worth your while traveling any distance to give a presentation. The city I live in, uh, in Texas has about 43,000 people. Those 65 and over are about 9%. It's a nice place to live, but people move out because of the high property tax. Of course, Texas has high property tax in general, and this city has a bit more than some. I get a break with the homestead exemption and being over 65. I checked other cities, and they are not that much lower to cover the cost and hassle of moving. If anything, I probably should move to Florida with the rest of the old farts. I grew up in Florida and had a bunch of old farts around me growing up and don't know that I want to repeat that experience, but, but things are cheaper there, except that I hear that home insurance is going up. So I said, well, thanks for the story about your experience in the senior center, Steve. I will say that if you're looking for low property taxes, Arizona is the place to be. Randy's been here so long, he probably forgot what paying property taxes in uh, uh, Midwestern states was like. But uh, uh, yeah, oh my God. Yeah, it was like, <clears throat> wow. I didn't want to buy a new house or buy a new car. I just wanted to pay my tax. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it was a, a huge departure when I bought this house in Arizona. Um, and it was roughly the same value as the one I had in Illinois, but the tax was um, six times less, one sixth. Yeah. And then here's the, the weird thing. When the uh, 08 Democrat caused a uh, uh, recession came along and the property values in Phoenix dropped like a rock. Uh, the, the year I bought this house, uh, 
oh, the first year I had it for 12 months was 05. And uh, the at the end of 05, it was announced that the average house value in Phoenix had gone up 49%. So I was telling busy telling anybody that would listen what a genius I was, you know, financial genius. And, and then the uh, uh, that Democrat caused uh, uh, recession came along. And of course, everything went to hell for a while, all construction stopped, a lot of big construction projects were canceled. And um, what happened when I got my next tax bill, the taxes were reduced by more than 50%. Now that never would have happened in Illinois. Never. Oh, no. Oh but my God. No. My taxes here, which had already started out to be low, were um, even lower. And uh, I couldn't wait to write that check. I was afraid they'd change their mind. Oh, sir, uh, we made a mistake. If you would just add another zero to that figure, please. And That's so right. uh, it has never recovered in spite of the fact that we had, uh, you know, some boom times between 2016 and 2020. They have never gotten the taxes back up to where they were in 05 when I bought this place. So I'm pretty happy about that. Well, as I am, too, because I came out and go, well, wow, the taxes are so much nicer out here. The uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, just because I can, because I, we're we're fixing to, you know, close up shop here yep. for today. You've got you've got the floor. I just wanted to make sure that everybody remembered when you leave this podcast, what Medicare, the part C, that's Medicare Advantage. Okay? Right. What's another name for that? Crap. Okay, that's the reason they call it Part C. And the other thing I was going to mention, I don't know if you remember it from a previous podcast, but there were some folks that signed up for Medicare Advantage plan, and and one of the one of the you know the bennies supposedly that they got was you know dental plan. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. And and they got a bunch of toothbrushes mailed out to them that had no bristles. Okay, oh. that's a true story. That's a true story, Doug. Yeah, we did read about a, a toothbrush with no bristles. Uh, a woman who was risking her life in the hospital because she didn't have any way to brush her teeth with the free hospital toothbrush that had no bristles. <laughs> Jeez, I'm telling you, it's don't stay away from Medicare disadvantage plans. Yes, if you hear one coming. Run the other way, okay? Not, nothing advantageous about it at all. Don't call no. Joe Namath. Don't call Jimmy J.J. Walker. Don't answer any of those ads that you see on television because they're going to lead you down the primrose path and you're going to be really disappointed at some point in the future. Yeah, it's it's a sad story because I've had a number of personal friends fall for it before I knew as much as I know now, which is just a very small pittance compared to what Doug Jones knows. But I know enough to when there's a Medicare Advantage person headed my way, I run like the wind the other way. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the safe way to do it. So, so anyway, anyway, we have used up our time, Doug. We have, and uh, we should get out of here and, and go do something constructive for the rest of the day. What do you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to us. Uh, we enjoy every minute of it. Without you, it wouldn't be nearly as much fun. And you could have been a number of different places besides here with us, but you weren't. You were listening to us on the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast, and you have been here with us about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma originally, but but now he is staying permanently for a while in Cave Creek, Arizona, in his fortress of solitude 
And don't forget to go all those different places he talked about to get your book or your Kindle or your audio or whatever you want, but definitely don't miss on that. So anyway, thanks for joining us. And I am going to say that the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast is going to sign off. But before I do that, we need to set an altitude for the Fortress of Solitude. I think today, let's go for about 14.5. I'm getting a nosebleed, Randy. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, everybody. Bye-bye.